calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Combat Cast with Chevy and the man called Dave. And want to take a couple minutes here to put a little thing out there. Randy Oska had messaged me, fan of the show. He wanted Shout to out, Randy. You. Shout out, Randy. He added last week's after our discussion last week about dream fights, he wanted to add Ken Shamrock and Chael Sonnen, which I thought was an interesting dream fight. But, I mean, both had... Shamrock had the pro wrestling background, and Chael could definitely talk as good as any pro wrestler. He could do it, yeah. Yeah. And then I want to include something else here. Randy had a question for us, and it was basically, do we know anybody in UFC or Bellator that are husband and wife champion? I know when I talked to you at first about this, we talked about that you thought there might be a brother-sister combination over one championship. I hadn't looked into that, but I did a quick Google search, and I did find out they're they're not champions, but there is a husband and wife in the UFC right now. That's uh, Jack and Cheyenne Bice. Jack, unfortunately, is 0-2 in the UFC right now, and Cheyenne is 1-1. They both came for the Contender Series, and Cheyenne has a fight coming up November 20th. So, Randy, there's hope. That's all I can tell you right now. And, you know, obviously this week, we're going to have, we're going to talk about fight night coming up. What are we going to do? I think I'm going to do like three or four fights on this card. And then I want to get into our, we're doing a 5 3 one today. Boxing. Greatest boxing heavyweights of all time. And we're going to have quite some lists for that. So uh, let's get down to the fight night card first for this weekend. Another Ka- soft card. Yes. It's just, a, just a really good main event. The rest is pretty soft. Getting, getting ready for the big <coughs> UFC pay-per-view of a 267 on a 30th. Yeah, yeah. Jan Blockowitz and Glover Teixeira. That is the next one that I'm looking forward to. But we'll talk about that next week. Well, let's go over some of this soft card first before we get to the main event. We got Grant Dawson here versus Rick Glenn. Rick Glenn is 22 and 6. He's got 13 KOs, 3 subs. He's like 4 and 3 in the UFC. He's kind of one of those middle of the road guys. He's tough, the, though. He's tough. He, yeah, he's yeah, durable. He's durable, yeah. Yeah, and Grant Dawson. 
is 5-0 and in the UFC right now. Kind of quietly, I think, is slipping in there on a good record. 17-1 and overall. He's on an eight-fight win streak. He's got like 11 subs and four KOs. Pretty good all around. I got to think Dawson's going to take this. Yeah, I would think so as well. I think they're using Rick as a stepping stone sort mm-hmm. of thing. You know, the UFC does pr- promote their younger or their up-and-comers, rather. So I think that's what this is, putting him as a co-main, try to give him some shine. And then we got Jessica Rose Clark fighting on this undercard as well. She's taking on Jocelyn Edwards. Jocelyn Edwards is 10-2, 1-1 in, in, in the UFC. Her last fight was decision loss. And then Jessica Rose Clark, who's 10-6-1, 3-2 in the UFC. Her last fight was a win, and she's gotten a few wins over people like Beck Rollins, Paige Van Sant. Not necessarily cream of the crop, but notable names. I don't know not about Joshua Edwards. She's brand new to the UFC. I'm going to go with Jessica Rose Clark just on experience a little bit with some bigger fights. But just seems like one of those ones where maybe they're trying to see what Edwards has. Yeah, I, I haven't seen too many of her fights either. Jessica Rose Clark, also pretty durable. As, as far as female fighters go. So I'm pulling for her. I imagine that will probably be a decision, though. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, decision. Now we got fight I'm actually kind of interested in. Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, taking on Sung Woo Choi. Sung Woo Choi is like 10-3, and 3-2 and two of the UFC. He's on a three-fight win streak, though. Alex Caceres, this guy's 18-12 and 12 overall. But it's like he's 13, 10, and 1. I'm sorry, so there's 18, 12, and 1. So he's 13, 10, and 1, like in the UFC. So most of his fights have just been in the UFC. Like he's been in the UFC at a very early time in his career. And he used to be a guy who wins one, maybe loses one, win two, lose two. But he's on a four-fight win streak right now. This is the biggest win streak out of his career, I believe. I think he's on fire. I think he's got a ton of experience. I think he's fighting better than ever. And I see him getting it done here. And I'm going to even say by submission, maybe round two. Yeah, Bruce Leroy was one of the names that first got me into UFC, you know, just because I thought his name was interesting. So he was uh, one of the first fighters that I started to kind of follow. And like you said, he was, uh, you know, a 500 fighter for a long time. And he has been fighting, you know, the strongest like up-and-comers he's not a top level talent but he fights those really tough guys you know on their way up and lately you said he's on a four white four fight win streak he has been showing his experience in fighting with a good iq so um, i like seeing him you know fight smarter instead of just trying to do flashy stuff in there so I i think he would get this win as well i'm hoping anyway yeah, yeah, I hope so too. One of the good guys in the sport, Dwight Grant, who's eleven and three, three and two in the UFC, coming off a win. He's got seven KOs. He's taking on Francisco Trinidad, Trinaldo, Trinaldo, Francisco Trinaldo. Yeah, Francisco Trinaldo's twenty six and eight, sixteen and seven in the UFC. He is coming off a loss. This guy's also twelve and one in kickboxing. When I look at this guys here, I see skills wise. I think Francisco's just. More skilled here and just has so much experience. And I don't think he's like somebody who's aging yet that's going out like out to pasture. Like I th- still think he's one of those guys that he can beat a lot of fighters in the UFC. I just don't know if he's one of the elite. I'm going to take Francisco with submission here as well. I think that this is going to be similar to what we saw last weekend with Arlovsky, where his experience, I mean, Francisco looks. 
I mean, I don't want to be mean, but physically he looks old and weathered. Like, I mean, he's got a lot of scar tissue or something. I don't know, but he looks much older than he actually is. He, he has a lot of fights. So expecting him to come in, usually fights pretty aggressive. So I'm expecting him to come in, be aggressive mm. and get a knockout in probably the second round. We'll see. I got submission. I'll go around. Like I said, submission round two. And the main event, Paula Costa, Marvin Vittori. I think I said it. Uh, Vittori. Yeah. It's a tough fight. You know, the funny, they're both coming off a loss to Izzy. Paula Costa's took a little more time off. But Marvin... Had to get that hair transplant. <laughs> but Marvin didn't really get hurt in his last fight or anything like that. You know, he just got beat. Man, MMA math is a weird thing. I would say if you base off their performances against Izzy, Marvin had better showings. Because Paul Acosta did not have a good showing against Izzy. But Styles make the fight. And Paul Acosta hits like a brick. I think Paul Acosta, if he he could catch him early. I think he's definitely going to be one of those fights. But I think if this fight, once it goes, it is a five-round fight. Once we get to like round three, four, and five, I'm going to favor Marvin. And it's a tough fight because I can see Paul getting him out early, though. But I'm going to say I haven't seen Marvin get finished yet. I haven't seen him get laid out or anything. So I'm going to say Marvin will survive. And I think he'll pull this fight out. I'll go with a decision or maybe get a late, late stoppage. Yeah, I think you're right when you say that later on the fight favors Marvin for sure. Going back to, you know, our MMA math of who looked better against Adesanya. Yeah. If Marvin fought Adesanya the way that Costa did, he would have gotten knocked out. But he just tried to hold him up against the cage the whole time. Fair point. And I think he's going to do that to Costa also, which will keep him safe from getting knocked out until Costa gets tired. So I think we're going to, you know, either see a late Costa's pretty tough. So I don't see him really getting finished. So either a late KO for Marvin or a decision for Marvin. Okay. I would agree. That being said, I think we'll go right into our boxing. The only thing I want to add is a couple good finishes. Well, a couple good wins. Notable fights last week on Bellator. Oh, man. I always break out of his name. But the UFC light heavyweight champ won his... I'm sorry. Bellator light heavyweight champ won his fight there. Nemkov. Nemkov. And then Corey Anderson KO'd Bader at the last minute. He did end up going with Corey because of his hands. And, I didn't uh, see it being 50 right. seconds in or whatever, though. <laughs> right. I didn't expect that. So Yeah. Over, no I mean, wrestling needed. Uh, and Bader's the heavyweight champ, too, which is funny. Though. He hasn't fought heavyweight in a while. Um, I think that's going to have to be his next fight. But, yeah, it's interesting to see what's going on there in uh, Bellator. Corey's Good win dangerous for, for matchup-wise, thinking of, I mean, obviously him and Nemkov is the best matchup in the division, but mm-hmm. stylistically, too. I'm not sure who's going to beat him. It's It's tough. I think he's on his game. He's very hard to beat in whatever promotion he's in. I think what's interesting with Bellator is the light heavyweights are really clearly better than the heavyweight division for the most part. There's a lot younger. of heavyweights ahead. Yeah, they're younger and they're better athletes in most cases. So it'll be interesting to see if Bellator keeps mixing and mashing like some of these light heavyweights. Like I can see a few double champs in there. Like Corey Harrison might yeah. be a double champ at some point. That's or... a good point. Yeah, Corey yeah. Nemkov could also do the same sure. thing Bader did, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. The danger will be is when they fight a heavyweight who maybe not as skilled, but of course they're a true heavyweight, there's always that chance of getting caught. Right. Well, if you want to look at the skill in the heavyweight division in Bellator, you can see Chael Sonnen, who is a middleweight, did well. Right. You know. Right. 
Right. He, he got beat by Fedor, right? Right. So, yeah, he got caught by Fedor. If he didn't get beat by Fedor, he might have had a shot at being heavyweight champ in Bellator. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Like, Mitrione and guys like that who are kind of in the middle of the road. But explosive athlete. I want to give Mitrione's credit, but, like, in the UFC. And it's just, like, I, I mean, Bellator's got great lightweights, welterweights. I think Nemkov's a great light heavyweight from what we've seen. But that heavyweight division is, like, the UFC really has, like, the best heavyweight division. Like, For sure. Yeah, it's not close. But speaking of heavyweights, let's get to our subject here. Top five heavyweight boxers of all time. We thought, you know, there was so much fun talking about Fury and Wilder recently, putting a little bit of shine back on boxing in the heavyweight division. I thought, let's look at some of the great heavyweights. Because, you know, for a while there was that Klitschko era that a lot of people thought kind of killed off boxing for a while. Boring it was fight. tough. Yeah. But there are a lot of great eras of boxing when you look at it as a whole. So I thought, you know what, this would be interesting. Let's see what some people come up with, and this didn't point me. Now, I got so many lists, and since I got a ton of lists, Chevy's going to also keep voting here. So forgive him if he's looking at the video. I'm going to try. Yeah, he's going to try. But we have a good idea who uh, some of the top vote-getters will be. But let's start off. Scott from Voluntown. He's got Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes, Joe Lewis, George Foreman, and Rocky Marciano. We're going to talk a lot about these guys as we go on. I'll, I'm going to talk about Larry Holmes first because I don't know how many people have Larry Holmes on their list. Larry is a guy who kind of came in at the tail end of that Ali, Joe Frazier, Foreman era. Larry became heavyweight champ. He beat a much older, debilitating Muhammad Ali who might have already been suffering from Parkinson's like early on at that point. One of Ali's toughest opponents was a guy named Ken Norton, though, as some boxing purists might know. And Ali actually, I split, I don't know if it was three fights, but Ali won a fight and Norton has a split decision victory over Ali. And almost fought him in a fantastic fight. I bring that up because that might have been Larry's best fight. But Larry went on to dominate the division a little bit until a guy named Mike Tyson showed up. And then at that point, Larry was already kind of aging. So Larry had kind of what some boxers did. Like he had the division kind of to himself. He dominated for, I think he was, you know, 28 and 0 or something like that in his reign before he eventually lost. Mm. He was very dominant when he was on top. Yeah. But you're right. He was in that gap between, you know, the big heavyweight division era, and then the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, Larry, like he said, he was good, but it just, I don't know. I mean, for me, I would like to see, and it's not always their fault, but sometimes there's not enough competition in your era. You know? mm -hmm. I got AJ, AJ Strange Brew from our podcast, actually sent me a list today. I prompted him to, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. So he gave me some good old school fights here. Jack Dempsey, <clears throat> Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Joe Lewis, and then he added Jack, <coughs> Jack Johnson. If they don't know who he is, tell them to look it up. So, I did. <laughs> I, I know who Jack Johnson is. I heard him, but I thought. Yeah, he's that Hawaiian my... singer, right? He used to be a surfer. <laughs> no. Turns just out kidding. He's not. Just kidding. Turns out he's not. So, I, I pulled up his Wikipedia page. It's just not to go in great detail. And I know Joe's going to like cringe when I say Wikipedia, but. Most of this stuff is pretty accurate because I am familiar with Jack Johnson. But he is, he was called the Galveston Giant. And he was, they said, at the height of the Jim Crow era. 
he became the first black American heavyweight boxing champion from 1908 to 1915. And he had a record of like, he had 95 fights. He was 72 and 11, and he had 11 draws and three no contests and 38 knockouts. I mean, they used to fight a lot back then. And long fights, too. Yeah. And it's, I'm looking at just like this guy's personal history, too. He was arrested at one point for violating the Man Act. Let's see, forbidding one to transport a woman across state lines for immoral purposes. This was a racially motivated charge that embroiled him in controversy for his relationship, including marriages with white women. Sentenced to a year in prison, Johnson fled the country and fought boxing matches abroad for seven years until 1920, where he served his sentence at the federal penitentiary. He was actually, it said, pardoned in 2018 by Donald Trump, which I thought was interesting. So we, we, got, we took a long time to get to that part. Good job, too. Trump. <laughs> I mean, he'd already died, so I don't even He's know what He's dead that. already. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. But, you know, anybody more familiar with politics, it's whatever. I just, I don't see it. Whatever, cool. <laughs> but, yeah, Jack Johnson obviously was a legend. First black heavyweight champion, and that's pretty cool. So we'll move on here. We got Zach St. John. He's got Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Lennox Lewis, Rocky Marciano and George Foreman. Now, what I love about Rocky Marciano is he's 49 and 0. He was almost 50 and 0. So he went undefeated. And what I also think of whenever I see this guy, unfairly, I think of the movie Coming to America, where all the barbership guys are talking about <laughs> boxing. And the older Jewish guy mentions, What about Rocky Marciano? And the older guy, I think it's by our city hall, was like, Everybody got to mention Rocky Marciano. Some white guy got to pull him out of his ass. That's the one. And so I always hear that voice in my head, but that is no disrespect. That guy was 49 and 0 at heavyweight. <laughs> I think that's about it. Like 49 and 0 at heavyweight, heavyweight champion fighting the elite. And, you know, he did beat Joe Lewis's ass, as they said in the movie. So, even though Joe Lewis was very old, I don't know if he was 104, like they also said in that movie, but Coming <laughs> to America was probably not a documentary on boxing history. So, we'll move on. Chad Dingwell, guy I know pretty well. He's a big boxing fan. He's got Rocky Marciano, Mike Tyson, Joe Lewis. Muhammad Ali and Lennox Lewis. So two for Lennox Lewis, actually. Muhammad Ali. Actually, no, we're going to save Ali because he's going to get mentioned more on this list. Sure. Yeah. Joe Lewis, who will probably get mentioned. We haven't talked too much about yet. The Brown Bomber. That guy, basically, I believe, pretty much the era before Ali. Like, you know, he was the guy that I want to say, too, was fighting in these racial situations too, like during the time of the war where Hitler was sent his prize fighters from Germany and Joe Lewis would, you know, beat them, which angered obviously a man who was racist. But no, oh, so Joe, he? I think a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Joe Lewis was, I guess in a way, like, you know, kind of an era too where boxing was very politically motivated and it was important to have like, you know, it was looked upon as important to have the best fighters from wherever you came from. You know, a time of either strength. And Joe Lewis represented America in a time of racial tension, too. So it's interesting. He's an interesting figure and probably one you guys could have a lot of fun looking up if you don't know about Joe Lewis. He had 20. I looked at this up. He had 25 title defenses. Think about that. That's mm. so many defenses for a world champion heavyweight boxer. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. And when you look at, obviously, you know, these guys are skilled, but
but if you look at how boxing and just like any combat sport has evolved, like that era, it probably wasn't as evolved obviously now. So we're talking about that's a, just a tough, tough man <laughs> right there. Right. right, and and it's heavyweight, so anyone right. can get knocked out by anyone at that. Yeah. Like for him to have twenty five title defenses, I think is amazing. That's pretty cool. Jake St. John gave me a list. He's got Jack Dempsey, Mike Tyson, Rocky Marciano, Jack Johnson as well, and Muhammad Ali. I am going to uh, throw a little something here about Jack Dempsey because I thought he was another legend, kind of that Jack Johnson era that was much older. He was a boxer from 1914 to 1927. He was heavyweight champion from 1919 to 1926 a cultural icon in the 20s. Many of his fights set financial attendance records, including the first million-dollar gate. He pioneered live broadcasts of, sp- of sporting events in general and boxing matches in particular. He had a total of 85 fights, 68 wins, 53 by KO, six losses, and nine draws. Yeah, I mean, those stats are just super impressive, like, to think, like, how tough some of these guys were from that era. And, you know, the gloves were also, you know, it was probably, in a lot of these cases, like, almost just getting hit with fists. <laughs> you know? There's a little bit of horse hair in there or whatever. Yeah. We're, Jack, we're not, you know, as men what we once were, I feel like, you know? Just no, no, no. God, no. 68 fights or whatever it was and 50 KOs, like. It's incredible. And they're 15 round fights. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Toughest, toughest people. I got Dan Backley next from Cage My IQ. He's got Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Rocky Marciano, George Foreman, and Tyson Fury. I'm gonna take a couple here. Tyson Fury, I don't know how many more lists he makes. I think he might make a couple more here. But the guy is it's interesting to have him on this list because he's current, right? He's in our time. But He's a large, large man. I don't know. Six if nine. Yeah, six nine. He might be the biggest guy out of all these guys, and he moves just as good as a lot of these guys. A lot of these smart guys. He's tremendous, and it'd be interesting to see what he would do in one of these eras of boxing. It's tough to say because that's just not how time works. But yeah, like if you know, like the meme, what girls would do in a time machine, you know, go see their great, great grandma. I would take Tyson Fury with me and try to put him against Jack Johnson yeah. or Jack Dempsey or Muhammad Ali and just see how it goes. Because yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that guy's, just his attributes, you know, with his size and skill could do against one of these guys. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. Yeah, he's a scary guy. Now I'm gonna go with Mike Flynn here. He's got a list. Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, Joe Frazier, and Rocky Marciano. All right, let's, let's take a couple here. Let's talk about Joe Frazier and George Foreman because we haven't covered them yet. Joe Frazier, Smoking Joe, considered one of the great brawlers of all time, known for taking two, three punches just to get one good one in. He was considered Muhammad Ali's toughest rival. You know, he owned a victory over Ali. Ali owned two over him. The third fight was... Throw Manoa, which is considered one of the most legendary, brutal battles of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe was probably considered the greatest heavyweight not named Muhammad Ali. He just, you know, he vanquished a lot of people, but Muhammad Ali, he was in that era with Muhammad Ali. That being said, any great, truly great fighter needs that rivalry, right? And like Fury's got Wilder, you know, Fraser had Ali. He, just, he was on the losing end of that, unfortunately for him. And that uh, took a lot of shit personally too. Ali really, uh, oh yeah, 
kind of softened his stance over the years on Joe and liked him. And Joe never did. I think Joe joked around when Ali was lighting the Olympic flames one year there. And Joe's like, I was hoping he'd fall in. I was like, Jesus Christ, Joe's taking this to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on uh, George Foreman, I want to talk about him for a minute too. George Foreman was possibly, arguably, but I would think he was the hardest hitter of all time. You know, Tyson, heavy, heavy handed. There's a lot of heavy, but I think Foreman was the guy. He was knocking out everybody. And you talk about Styles making fights. Muhammad Ali used a rope-a-dope and tricked Foreman. But, you know, Joe Frazier, who we just said was Ali's greatest rival, Foreman mopped the floor with Joe Frazier. Because Joe, that style of taking two punches was not going to work with a guy like George Foreman. You can't take those two punches, yeah. No, and Foreman was such a heavy hitter that he ended up fighting in his late 40s again, came back, and won the heavyweight championship of the world. On a fight that he was pretty much getting outpointed, but caught the guy, Michael Moore, and knocked him out in round 10. There was a long gap, too, between his younger fights and when he came in, you know, fat and happy, and knocked yeah. that guy out, yeah. Yeah, he added some... Uh, professional wrestling showmanship to himself and later on little ali he borrowed from those guys but because yeah, yeah he was not that way when he was younger he was just a scary he was mean mugging know, yeah kind of person mm-hmm. yeah absolutely but came back a happy fat old man but still had that power still knocking people out yeah yeah now we got randy oscar who gave us six people on his list. But that's all right, Randy. We'll, we'll count them because he, he comments on the show a lot. So Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury, Rocky Marciano, and Vladimir Klitschko. I'll talk Klitschko a little bit here since he's the sixth man. I was talking to Scott Volantown about this. And it's like, you know, it's like Klitschko, you know, he dominated boxing for a little while. But at the end of the day, he... Like I said with Ali and Frank, he didn't have a great rival, too. You know, uh, it wasn't his his era of boxing is just not looked on as something. You know, it's almost looked upon like uh, this guy almost killed boxing. It's like wasn't very excited. He used a very not exciting way. Like he would clinch a lot, tie people up, and but he never took a lot of damage. And you know, so someone could say he was he just, smart. He just jabbed people. Yeah. To to victories. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think he, it's nice that somebody voted him on this list, but he's just not a guy you're going to see a lot on these lists, I don't think. Now, I got Mike Caldwell here next, and he's got George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, and Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas. I'm going to talk about him a bit because I don't think we'll see him on any more list here. Buster Douglas, I don't consider one of the truly great heavyweights of all time. But what I will say is he's probably got the biggest upset of all time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. He was a guy. Mike Tyson was the king of pay-per-view at this time. And this fight was actually put on HBO at the time because it was looked at as just a tune-up fight for Mike. And he would go on to another bigger pay-per-view fight after this. And that's not what happened. <laughs> Instead, Tyson took him very lightly. And Buster Douglas trained like this was the fight of his career. And Buster beat him up and then knocked him out, I believe, in round 10. And Tyson was so messed up that he was trying to pick up his mouthpiece as he was down. So and, uh, Buster, you know, he let himself go after that. He's just, This is his one claim to fame. He has the biggest upset. But 
the end of the day, pretty cool, man. You beat Mike Tyson, so yeah, who else can say that? Right, you ruined the career of one of the most exciting heavyweights of all time. Good job. <laughs> Played spoiler. <laughs> I got a list from a gentleman named Lou Bird from Cage My Q Group. He's got Ali, Lewis, Marciano, and Evander Holyfield. So we'll talk Lennox Lewis, because that's how he has it written here, and Evander Holyfield. Yeah, he had Lewis and Lewis. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> good on you <laughs> if you knew what I meant there. So Lennox Lewis, he was an era. And I'm a guy I haven't heard mentioned too much is Riddick Bowe here. But he was in that era too where it was a lot of these Olympian guys coming out after the Tyson era. And, you know, Lennox was one of the great heavyweights. You know, it's just I think it was coming off that Tyson era still too. And people just weren't ready to, you know, completely give up on that. But I think Lennox is great. I just don't think that, you know, that era gets as much respect as the Tyson era and as the Ali era, obviously. It is what it is. Vander Holyfield, I would argue that's Tyson's great rival. You know, obviously the upset happened and Tyson went away, I believe, before this and came back. And he wasn't, you know, what he once was. But he was still pretty dominant. You know, he was still, still scary. Yeah, very sweet. Bit the man's ear off, too, in the second fight. So it's a scary, man. But Evander came in, despite a lot of people considered him like a cruiserweight and a smaller heavyweight. Took those punches, survived, and ended up stopping him in the first fight. And probably going to beat him again in the second fight, which is why Tyson got frustrated and bit part of his ear off. So I think Evander Holyfield ended up being one of the truly great heavyweights of all time. Now, is he going to make our top you know, five, top three here? Probably not. But I think it's... He deserves to be mentioned so much that I'll go to my list. And I did put a Vander on there because I didn't think he got mentioned enough. I put Rocky Marciano on there because he's 49 and 0. So yeah, I got Marciano, Holyfield, and I got Foreman, Frazier, and Ali. And I'll let you get to your list. But before we do that, since I've made a little note here about everybody, let me talk about Muhammad Ali because <laughs> I knew there would be a chance to talk about this guy. He's probably on your list too, I'm assuming. And that's been the one constant. If you look at everybody's list here, I don't really have to even like look at the tab. I'm I shocked. Know. Muhammad Ali is on everybody's list. Muhammad Ali is just, I think, the greatest of all time. He transcended boxing. So however you want to look at it, you want to look at skill. Ali was a gold medalist in the Olympic. He was a multiple-time heavyweight champion. He was a guy that got taken out of his prime, you know, to fight the draft because he didn't want to go to war. And he spent, I don't know how long, maybe a couple years. I think out. it was, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking between four and six years in prison. In his See, prime. In his prime. Comes back and nearly beats Joe Frazier. And then eventually does. Like, he's... It's incredible. Uh, and then, you know, uh, he still goes on to beat George Foreman after that and just has an amazing run. And who knows how good he would have been had he not got taken out. But because he got taken out, we got to see how good he was, too. Yeah, the guy, to me, my father, who served in the military, one of the guys he never had an issue with, and I know some people did in the military, was Ali, because the way he said it was, there were a lot of people who used to dodge the draft and run away. He said Ali chose to fight the draft, and he stayed here. And he said, I always respected him for that. And I think that says something that, you know, sometimes Ali get, got frowned upon by that, by some people. But, like, he went through the system and then took his punishment and he stood by what he believed in. And, you know, maybe people didn't look at that fondly, some people at that time. But I think history should look at that fondly because maybe... At least with respect. You don't have to like it, but right, I mean, he yeah. didn't run away. You know, yeah. he faced whatever consequences were coming his way. Mm-hmm. 
in the prime and, of his career, his multi-million yeah. dollar career. Yeah. And, I mean, one could, and we're not going to get political, but we'll argue, like, this isn't a draft interesting thing anyway. We're taking you and making you go to war. So, right. yeah, sure. I, history, that would piece itself. Chevy, who do you got for a list, sir? All right, so I have number five. I have Larry Holmes, who okay. he, he probably would be higher on my list if he had retired a little bit earlier. He had mm. a few losses towards the end of his career, which yeah. I don't think he lost until he was like in his mid-30s. So mm. hey, still very respectable. And I have Lennox Lewis for my number four. Lennox Lewis, like you said, was in that era where not all the best you know, competition, mm-hmm. but... Mm. All the fights he lost, I think he had two losses and one draw, and he avenged both of those losses and the draw. So, really, he beat every single, you know, opponent he him. had. So, yeah. I think his problem was he didn't really get up for all those fights, the ones he had losses for, which, you know, seems to be an AJ problem currently. But Anthony he, Joshua, by the way. Yeah, AJ. Sorry, AJ Strange yeah. <laughs> so You can respect you can understand when he's in that era, it's harder to get up for those fights. And then, uh, and we talked about Joe Lewis with his 25 title defenses. He's my number three. And then I have Tyson Fury as nice. my number two. Like we talked about, he's a freak at six, nine with amazing footwork and head movement. Great on the mic. Not that that makes him a better boxer, but you know, maybe psychologically he can do you know, whatever style of fighting that is necessary. We've seen him, you know, box Wilder. We've seen him, you know, bully Wilder. He can do that with anyone in the division right now. So then number one for me, obviously, would be Ali. He can yeah. do the exact same things as Fury, except he did it in an era where he fought the best of the best in the whole of heavyweight boxing. So, yeah. So, obviously, I know who got the most votes. So I know who number one will be. Who? Where are we on the rest of these votes here? So it's looking like we have Ali, obviously, Rocky Marciano, and mm-hmm. it's looking like Mike Tyson. All right, Tyson and Marciano, two and three. So let's argue those two for a minute because Ali is clearly going to be in that top right. spot. Well, we'll, well let we'll me tell probably. you why I think we should why we should drop Marciano. He. Okay. I don't think he fought the best of the best. I think he. The way I've read, because obviously I wasn't around in these times, the way I read, he got to pick and choose some fights, a lot of fights, and dodge some of the heavier, harder fights for himself. So I, I say we vote we vote him out. I mean, that's a fair, because I do know in some of his fights, he fought Joe Lewis, and Joe Lewis was way past his prime at that right. point. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. So for that reason, even though I would say competition would be something maybe Tyson was having some of the same issues with, he obviously... He fought who he could fight at that time. And so, and Tyson became a bigger name, no no doubt, too, pop culture-wise, too, if you want to look at stuff from that standpoint, too. So I have no problem with that. I have no problem putting Tyson, too. I mean, some of the guys I liked to be in this list wouldn't be these guys anyway. Like, Ali would be in there, but and it's nothing against them, but, like, I would argue for the guys, like, maybe Foreman. I feel like Foreman's right there. He was, um, he was very close, right behind Tyson. Yeah. On people's list, so. Yeah, it was says something, you know. But to me, I mean, there's a reason why he was on everybody's list. Muhammad Ali fought the best of the best, and he was in the richest field heavyweight era, and he had it taken away from him, and he came back, and he still did it. And he did uh, looking pretty. He did. So he's a bad man. <laughs> yeah, so to me, that's this, this wasn't really even a question. Unless the votes 
had changed it for some reason. I knew who like I wanted to do with number one spoiler. But yeah, I have no problem with this list. Ali, and again, we're basing it a lot of this off of your votes too. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of good feedback on this one. Yeah, so Ali, Tyson, and Marciano. It's not a bad three, no matter how you shake it. So that's right. I think that's it. We covered UFC for this weekend. We're both more excited about the pay-per-view the following weekend. Yeah, um, on the 30th, UFC the 30th. Ooh. 267. It's I coming gotta, up. I can't wait. Until then, all right, folks, this is the Combat Cast. Man, they call Dave, Chevy, and we appreciate you. We're out. Later. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 